You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians, brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I didn't hear any complaints, so I'm going to assume that while I had some issues on my end, it looked like in recording that the audio was fine. Uh, I heard back from Pete, who uh, said he enjoyed being uh, my response to his questions in depth on the show. So we're going to continue doing what we've been doing. I'm going to throw out some names to know for the draft, which is this week. I know, hard to believe. Um, and then I'm going to uh, continue our retrospective looking back at last year's draft class, specifically the players that signed and how those players are looking. So let's do a twofer at the start in terms of players that the Indians could be eyeing on draft day. Uh, a pair of Canadian outfielders. We're going to start off with David Calabrese a, from St. Elizabeth in Ontario. He is going to be he reclassified for this class, and he will not turn 18 until the end of September. He is known mostly for his blazing speed. He is a really good athlete, but he is one of the fastest players in this class, and that is the main thing that really stands out for him. He's undersized at five foot ten, but uh, yeah, I mean it's. There's clearly athleticism in a player with his skill set. So the main appeal here is that speed, that athleticism. Kind of reminds me of Quentin Holmes when you look at it. Uh, Holmes also blazing speed, also cold weather, also 17 on draft day. Now that has not worked out for the Indians. Um, I don't know if that would make them more or less likely to consider someone like Calabresi. In my experience, it's more that doesn't make them more or less likely. Uh, it's that every player is a little bit different. So Calabresi is a different player than Holmes, so maybe they'd consider him. Let's talk about another Canadian outfielder who is also 17, though this one will turn uh, 18 in July, and that is Owen Cassie uh, from Notre Dame in Ontario. He is committed to Michigan. Uh, I did not say, Calabrese, I think I said, is committed to Arkansas. You know, obviously those are both uh, strong programs. Now, Casey is, he's different. Uh, where we talked about Calabrese being this 5'11 speed guy, uh, Casey runs well, he throws well, but it's more about the power potential in uh, in his 6'4 frame. While Calabrese is more center field, this guy's more of a corner, probably a right fielder. Both 17 years old, both cold wet weather bats. Uh, I did not mention uh, Calabrese. Calabrese Cassie is a lefty, and Calabrese is also a lefty. So both appeal, as we have seen over the years, the Indians preferring left-handed bats more than right-handed bats because you're going to face more right-handed pitchers. So it's the what they would call the fat end of the uh, platoon split. But 17-year-old uh, cold-weather bats, keep that in mind. Um, Ontario is where Bo Naylor is from. Like, uh, you know, that's the, the overall area. Um, it's a large area in Canada, obviously, but still, that's where the Nailers come from. We know it is an area they scout because they drafted Nailer uh, recently. So keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, Calabrese, Casey, two names. Uh, I mean, I think there's a good chance to hear both of them called. Who knows in this draft? Uh, we're, we're only going five rounds, what's going to happen? But good names to know, and specifically good names to know if you are curious who the Indians could draft. Last year's draft class, how are they doing now? We ended with uh, kind of an upbeat note, I'd like to think, with Matt Waldron from Nebraska, who did well in the lower minors. Let's talk about uh, Kevin Kelly, a reliever who they took in the 19th round at James Madison University. James Madison has been a program that uh, they've kind of mined heavily through the years. It's it's not necessarily a big baseball program, 
I'm waiting for it to load here, but uh, I'm trying to think of some other names. Yeah, it's like DJ Brown, Jake Lowry was a catcher they took, Kevin Kelly, uh, you know, those three guys, Mike Butaya, who I don't really remember, that was 2004, that's before I'm really paying attention, though, sixth round pick, relatively high. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jake Lowry is probably the biggest name prospect they've had in a few years, and the Indians took him in the fourth round, didn't work out, but when they were scouting him, they saw Brown, and Brown... Uh, Stuck around, was a good soldier in the Indian system. The best player from that program is Billy Sample, who was drafted in 76, and then Mike Venafro, who was drafted in uh, 95. Only other players who produced a positive war, Larry Mitchell, Travis Harper, and Ryan Reed. It's obviously, as I said, not a huge program, but the Indians have minded over the years, and there's enough to make me go, oh, another James Madison guy. He was put uh, immediately down to Arizona, pitched it for both teams down there, about 17 and a third innings. And he pitched well in that relief role. Uh, 14 total appearances, strikeouts per nine over 13, a walk per nine of one, a home run per nine of 0.5. You know, he is a junior who they put into Arizona. He turned 22 in November, so you're looking at an older player. He should perform well. So um, he did well with the opportunity he was given. What more can you really ask for? Next up, Nick Enright, another reliever, uh, taken in the 20th round of the 2019 draft out of... Virginia Polytech Institute and State University, a.k.a. Virginia Tech. Uh, he was drafted out of high school in the 19th round by the Mets, and so when he finally got drafted for four years later, it uh, went around later, so maybe he uh, should have considered it out of high school. And in college, he was he, he got some starts, was mostly a reliever, uh, just a relatively consistent arm, uh, walk rate, most years under three strikeout rate the last two years were over 10 and over 11 he got sent down to arizona walk rate was over four but the hit rate was under six and the strikeout rate over 13 uh, again he is a 22 year old this is a college senior he should dominate you know an era of 0.5 in 18 innings uh, 15 appearances he finished six games but had zero saves so they were using him towards the end of games even if they weren't using him in a closer role just another interesting arm who performed well. He did what was asked of him in limited innings. Um, I think you just kind of look at that as, okay, he did what he needed to do. Let's move on. Mike Amaditis. Amaditis? Either way, the Indians drafted him in the 37th round back in 2016. Then they came back and got him in the 21st round this year uh, after he went to the University of Miami. He had been a catcher, an outfielder, one of those just super utility types. Uh, the Indians do have a history of going back to get these guys that they've drafted out of high school, especially if they can find them in day three of the draft. So I was not shocked, and I was like, I remember that name, because in general, he didn't play a ton during his uh, time in college. He had 16 plate appearances uh, in 2017. In 2018, he had 90, and in 2019, he got 194. He finally got a chance, and he was okay like he wasn't great he had an OPS over 800 seven home runs 26 walks to 22 strikeouts 375 on base 436 slugging he did a good job when finally given the opportunity another guy that they sent down to the rookie league even though he was you know already a junior aged guy he uh let's see when will he, he turned 22 in August and for the Indians he was a catcher all the way uh his time in the outfield entirely came in 2018 in the Cape so let's just view him as catcher uh and what do you do in Arizona uh, I don't know if you love it, if you dislike it. It's He was okay. Um, you'd kind of hope at his age that he'd be a little better and okay. 
if a guy is playing well in, the, in ACC, I would expect Arizona to be easier for him. And he didn't play quite as well there. Uh, struck out morning walk, 252 batting average, 365 on base, 383 slugging, 748 OPS. I don't think enough to really ding him one way or another. Uh, appeared in 36 games for the Indians, 137 plate appearances. It's a guy they liked out of high school. It's a guy they came back and got here who really never got a chance to show himself in college. Um, a guy, One of those guys who is probably more hurt by what's going on with no minor league season is he just didn't get the reps in college he needed, and it would have been nice for him to be able to get those now. Our sponsor, as mentioned at the top, is Built Bar. It is a product that I use, I enjoy, and uh, today I had the mango for breakfast. Uh, that was one of their seasonal flavors, and I've talked about it many times. It's this bar that's not just high in protein, it's high in fiber, but it manages to stay low in sugar, but gives you a good amount of energy to help you get through your day. I have it every morning for breakfast. If you have not checked out Built Bar, go to B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Use the promo code Locked On. And that's going to let them know that you listen to the podcast and that we sent you there. And it's the best protein bar I have personally ever tried. Give it a try for yourself. They're always changing flavors. They're always having deals. You can often combine their deals, which is rare for places. Uh, They give you their tracking number, all that stuff, so you know when it's going to get there. It's a great project. Uh, The website's pretty easy to use. Go there. Give it a whirl. And check back. Maybe you'll go there and there's not a flavor that appeals to you. In a month, they'll likely have new flavors. You can go back and see what they have then. They're always changing it up and keeping it fresh. Quick note, uh, I know I talked about five days a week this week, but that's just not feasible. Uh, the night of the draft itself, I'm going to be doing the uh, the stream through Hot Mic. I'm trying to figure out how to use the Hot Mic and the YouTube stream at the same time. I'm going to be working on that uh, Wednesday and Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday is, of course, the only day I could get in for a dentist appointment, so that's going to be just a nice, fun day all around. But with everything going on, it's going to be impossible to put a podcast for Thursday. Now, I know this is disappointing because I'm sure most people, that's the podcast you want the most. Uh, but just wait till Friday. Uh, Friday's podcast will be all f- every pick the Indians made. It's going to be six total picks, five players. I'm just going to make the entire show about that. And it's going to wrong long. Uh, there's no way it's not going to. So you're going to get an extra packed episode. Make sure to check that out. But I wanted to apologize. I just can't see a way that I'm going to have uh, the, the bandwidth left after the draft is done. Um, maybe in the middle of the stream, I'll record the podcast as well. So maybe I'll do some questions in stream. So there's a smite, small chance that we might still have the podcast that night. But it is going to be difficult, and it's going to be a little bit different. But uh, I, you know, keep hitting me up with questions about the draft. It's hard to believe it is in three days. And by the time you hear this podcast, I'm recording Sunday night. When you hear it, it's two days off. Um, In personal news, this is also the week we decided to close on a house. So that's just, you know, keeping it as crazy as possible for me in one solo week. Let's dive back into the 2019 draft, a time that now feels like relative calm with uh, my personal life and just the world right now. So after taking a catcher uh, with... The 21st pick, right? That's where Amadidis was. Yep. The 22nd pick, the Indians came back and took another catcher. Uh, He was from Gonzaga University, and during his time there, he uh, played in 2018 and 2019 for them, and was okay. Uh, Goes to Arizona and only appears in uh, seven games, 19 at-bats, 21 plate appearances. Uh, For a guy who 
didn't do a whole lot in college. I mean, I, I think he was just a depth arm. Uh, or depth arm. He was a depth catcher. You always need a backup. They drafted him to be a backup. Um, and that's, you know, I hate to kind of boil down uh, Austin Pinarini's uh, to that, but uh, that's that's what it looks like now looking back in a year. I realize I hadn't even said his name. He does deserve that, but I mean, making it to the minors is more than someone like myself ever did, so good on him. It's an incredibly competitive hard situation to be in come the indians come back in the 23rd round with an interesting arm chandler fidel six foot five 225 pound left-hander from the university of arkansas little rock uh now six foot five lefty in and of itself is interesting talking about a guy who uh has been in the cape and has had a, a level of success there when he went to the cape he was mostly working as a reliever and he said that is the highest amount of strikeouts per nine he had during his college career, which is interesting because Arkansas Little Rock is not a big program, uh, pun not intended. So he's not facing the highest level of competition, but he goes to the Cape where he is facing the highest level and his stuff played up enough in the pen in you know small sample size that his strikeout rate ballooned. The highest it ever was in at Little Rock was nine and again, 13 and a half. Uh, the Indians draft him put him in Arizona. It's a bit of a struggle if we're being honest. His hit rate jumps to 10. His home run rate per nine is 1.7. The good news, walk rate is a 2.3 and the strikeout rate is at nine. So there is some stuff there, some things to be happy about. He's still a six foot five lefty. That's always going to make him interesting. A small school guy. In addition, uh, at that point in the draft, the 23rd round, it, just an interesting addition to your minors. Uh, maybe he can turn into a reliever down the road for you. You can never have enough lefties in your minor league system. Next, they took a super utility player, Joab Gonzalez, out of New Mexico Junior College. Uh, in high school, he was from the Puerto Rican Puerto Rico Baseball Academy. Uh, that is the pipeline. That's one of you know the three best uh, schools that we see in terms of draft representation. Now he went out there for one year, so this is a, a, a young player. He turned 20 in December. He played uh, most of his junior college year at, at 19. And here's what's interesting, because we talked about all these college pitchers who were 2021, they were sending down to Arizona and just kind of leaving them there. Uh, Joab Gonzalez, who's 19, who played at a JUCO and is just, you know, one year removed from high school. They sent him to, he went, he did play in Arizona, but he also got sent up to Mahoning Valley. Uh, and between those spots, he played left field, shortstop, second base, and third base. They were already having him in that utility role. He had 13 games and 39 uh, played appearances in Arizona played most of the the shortened season with Mahoning Valley, 37 games, 126 plate appearances. It was a struggle. He played very well in that short time in Arizona and then struggled mightily. Uh, 200 batting average, 256 on base, 252 slugging, 508 OPS. And again, he was overmatched. It's, it's kind of surprising, at least from my perspective, that you take a young kid who went to a smaller JUCO program and throw him in as deeply as they did but uh that's a degree of belief in him and uh the performance wasn't great but uh certainly a name to know if they're going to put that much uh if they're going to push him when there are so many other players that they were extremely conservative with from day three of the draft next up eric mock in the 25th round out of penn state university uh penn state has another pitcher this year d's who is interesting uh go ahead and make your jokes i'm not going to jump on that grenade i think it's like I can't remember his first name, and I'm just. But uh, Eric Mock is another pitcher. Uh, he is already 23 years of age. Uh, he will turn 24 years of age 
in this July. So he's, you know, he, he was a senior. Uh, if not in class, he at least was in terms of his age, turning 23 shortly after the draft. Uh, his final year at Big Ten, in the Big Ten, he had a 10.4. He always missed bats. His strikeouts were consistently over 10. His walk rate was cons- the last last season was under four. Uh, he goes out, and the Indians do have him across two levels. In Arizona, it's a strikeout per nine over 12, a walk per nine a bit over four, and that is in six appearances, zero starts, 14 innings. He gets seven appearances in Mohoning Valley, zero starts, 19 two-thirds innings. That doesn't go as well. Uh, the walk rate is still under four. The strikeout rate is a little over eight, but the hit rate jumps up to 10 over 10. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, the overall ERA is fine. Like you look at the performance and he's fine. Uh, just 33 innings. The fact that they pushed him a little bit more as opposed to some of their other arms in this class probably shows a degree of higher value. At least that's how I would judge it. They liked Mock enough to push him. So we'll see what they continue to do. I don't, again, have a, a huge feel on most of these day three guys. Uh, it's like, okay, well, he made it to Mahoning Valley. So good on him. His numbers are pointing up. Armani Sanchez was the 26th round pick. He did not sign. That was not a surprise. Next, they took Landy Pena. He mostly played second base, also played short and center. He is a, another Puerto Rican player, this time out of Leadership Christian High School in Puerto Rico. Uh, switch hitter who turned 18 in November. So, you know, ring the bell, shine the light. 17 years old on draft day. Fits the Indians' profile to a T. How did it go for him? Well, not great. Uh, As a 17-year-old in Arizona, 172 batting average, 333 on-base percentage, 207 slugging, 540 OPS. What is nice is the on-base percentage actually isn't bad. It's not good, but it's not bad. That's because he had 15 walks. He did have 22 strikeouts in 20 games, 76 plate appearances. But there is a degree of being able to work counts in that. Young for his age, up the middle, switch hitter, interesting talent. I'm not going to ding a 17-year-old who got thrown in with... And we saw the Indians team was like the entire pitching staff was college kids. So interesting player. He was one of the most interesting day three selections in my mind. Serafino Brito uh, out of Rutgers. That makes our second Big Ten player to the Indians. He is a six foot tall right-handed pitcher. Pitched in relief for the Indians. And another Cape performer. That is where the Indians likely got a chance to see him. uh, Pitched there in 2018. At uh, at Rutgers, he started out as a starter. His final year, he worked almost exclusively out of the pen. And he wasn't... Um, strikeout rate a little over 8, walk rate over 4.5, hit rate over 8. Like, nothing stood out as particularly great there, and I didn't quite get the pick. Uh, but then the Indians saw something I didn't, and that's why they're a really good team, and I am doing this from my spare bedroom, because... He goes out to Mahoning Valley and Arizona, and in Arizona, over nine and two-thirds innings, a strikeout rate over eight. Hit rate is over 11, but again, this is all small sample size. Doesn't allow a walk. Mahoning Valley, he goes there, pitches 21 and two-thirds of an inning. Strikeout rate's down to 7.1. A walk rate is 2.9. His overall ERA across those levels is 144. Interesting performance. Uh, we'll have to see what he can continue to do. But again, so many arms they didn't even bother to try to promote. So Serafino Brito stands out just because he got that promotion and then performed pretty well. Uh, so as we look forward to what we'll do over the next few days, 
Uh, there's still, that was, uh, Brita was the 28th round pick, so we still have 12 more selections to go. And what I might do is have an entire show just about the ones who did not sign and what they did this past year. So that's when we'll go back to Armani Sanchez. And we'll have one other show to kind of wrap up this group of guys who did sign. So you're looking at the Tuesday and the Wednesday show. We'll see. Wednesday show, depending on what's happening, what information I have, all of what's going on could go many different ways. I'm not going to commit to to Wednesday. And frankly, if we save um, to next week what the players who did not sign, what they did uh, over the last year, that's going to stay a little more evergreen, I think, in terms of the draft and the content. So tomorrow's show is going to be the final grouping of players who did sign and what they look like. Wednesday is going to be all draft preview. Thursday, I'm going to try to get some of that hot uh, hot mic YouTube stream and also record here. And Thursday and Friday are just going to be entirely about the draft. I think there's no other way uh, for me to, to go. This is the time of year for me. This is what I like to do. Uh, this is when I get to have the fun after all the time and effort is put in. So I want to thank you all for listening, rating, and reviewing. If you got a friend who's curious about the draft hip them to the show. I mean, this is the time to listen. There's probably not a time where uh, where I can sit back and be like, I don't think there's anyone out there you can listen to who knows the Indians draft better. Like, th- that's the one time maybe I'll get a bit arrogant on the show. Um, it's the one time I feel one thing like that I feel comfortable saying. I've spent so much time and effort over the years. I have them as good of down as anyone can who's not part of their organization. So, uh, tune in. Let, let's make these numbers huge over the next few days. Have your friends listen if they're even remotely curious because there's nothing else to do and they're going to watch the baseball draft for the first time ever. Let them know that uh, you know someone who's going to explain every pick the Indians make. As always, I thank you for taking part, uh, messaging me through Twitter and Facebook, all of those things. You help create great ideas for the show. I have been Jeff Ellis. You are fantastic. And as always, go Tribe.